In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text is the Gospel reading, which I've already read. You may be seated. In our Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter 2, we are reminded of how God created all things. He formed the man of dust from the ground, and God breathed into him the breath of life, and Adam became a living being. But before God had created Adam, God had caused all manner of crops to grow for Adam to eat. Moses writes, And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. A few verses later, God created and instituted the office of farmer. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Now, you could argue that Adam had it relatively easily these first few days. God planted everything simply by the power of his word and caused it to grow grow and to sprout by the same. The Bible indicates even that a mist came up from the ground to water the plants, meaning that Adam didn't have to worry about praying for rain or getting out his irrigation to work. It was part of the created order that everything had adequate moisture to grow. It was just how things were designed. Indeed, this is an unrefined miracle of the highest order. God directly intervened in the first days of creation, bringing all things into being and causing them to flourish. To borrow a phrase from the English poet Thomas Terherney, all things were created to be yours. Now, in our day, we have become accustomed to corn and beans and grains and melons of various sorts growing out of the earth every year. And because we've become accustomed to it, we've become blind to the miracle that is at work and don't pay very much attention to it. We do not regard what we see and hear daily to be a miracle. But the fact that it happens all around us all the time does not negate the fact that what we see going on in our fields is indeed a miracle. Listen to the prophet Isaiah. He says, The rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Jesus likewise says, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Now, sure, we know more about the science of how the growth of a seed actually works and what it does. But the truth remains that God is still the one who causes the seed to grow. St. Paul uses an agricultural metaphor to speak about the growth of God's word, but it still holds true for agriculture. That's what makes it a good metaphor. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. One farmer may plant, another may water, but in the end, it is the Lord God who gives the growth. 
Now, there are any number of negative examples in this regard, too. In many places, God threatens to or actually does cause a drought to come upon the land to prevent crops from growing. The point here is that God is the one who creates and preserves all things that we consume. You know, that long list of things that fall under the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer that you had to memorize in your catechism days. This means that we should not be surprised to see Jesus make 4,000 full meals out of a few loaves of bread and a few fish. The extraordinary miracle in our text for today is an extension of what God does for us every day since the creation of the world began, whether we see it or not. This, dear friends in Christ, is the kind of king that we have. He wants us to look to him for all of our earthly needs. And look how wonderfully he anticipates the needs of those who followed him into the wilderness. He knew that they lacked food. He knew that if he simply sent them away, that many of them would faint along the way. And he knew that many had come from quite a distance to follow him. It's worth noting that of all of those observations that Jesus makes in the Gospels, not one of them comes from the disciples or a representative from the crowd, but Jesus himself reaches all of these conclusions on his own. This is precisely what our Lord preaches in Matthew 6 when he says, Your Father knows what you need even before you ask him. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Now, it's at this point that you might kind of scratch your head and say, well, if Jesus is such a wonderful king who abundantly feeds all of the world, then how is it that so often that he lets his Christians suffer distress and poverty in this life? I've often heard this accusation. In fact, uh, a few weeks ago, I saw a story about a Christian day camp that was identified as a place of an outbreak of the coronavirus. And in the comments section of the news story, don't, read the, don't ever read the comments. It's not good for your health. But you saw things like they should have just prayed harder. And it, they also made claims then that the fact that there was an outbreak there proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that God was simply not real. However, when we see these kinds of things, we see that God is allowing something to happen that may be a little bit beyond our comprehension. The world, and even our own sinful flesh, supposes that God should at least provide for his own people even more than he does for everyone else. And here is where we get some insight, then, into what kind of king we actually have. Christ wants us to see that his kingdom on this earth is not an earthly kingdom. It does not consist in eating, drinking, or caring for our bodies here on earth. Our bodies certainly need these daily bread items, but he has brought to us a spiritual kingdom in which, in which we are to seek and find from him all manner of divine and eternal good. Jesus says again in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This means that if we lack any good earthly thing on this side of glory, 
Jesus is reminding us that he has placed before us an even greater glory, the very glory of his kingdom, which shall have no end. One of the great dangers that we are facing right now in our day is the temptation to fear and despair in the face of what is coming on the world today. People loved by God, do you not see how wonderfully God has provided for all of our needs up to this point? I recall early on in the midst of this, when things started to shut down earlier this spring, there was much concern about food shortages and breaking supply chains. And while we have seen prices greatly fluctuated, has not God preserved us to this point? If God can rescue us from the assured doom prophesied by the six o'clock news prophets, how much more can he rescue us from the threat of illness or injury or even death? If we have a God who can multiply, multiply a few loaves of bread and a few fish and feed thousands, if we have a God who can even raise the dead, what is the worst thing that can happen to us in this earthly life? What if the world comes and takes the bread right out of our mouths and out of the mouths of our children? What if some of us do contract the very worst strain of this accursed virus? If Jesus has power over the natural forces of this world, yea, even death itself, what do we have to be afraid of? I want you to listen, therefore, to the promises that your God has made to you. The prophet Isaiah says, The Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is deemed a forest. He says again, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. And we pray with the small catechism, with Isaiah, the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand you satisfy the desire of every living thing. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.